Uh, hello, what's going on? My name is Luke. Welcome to another Angsty Teen podcast. Uh, I am another Angsty Teen. <laughs> I am here to provide you with a podcast, hence the name Another Angsty Teen Podcast. <laughs> Today, we are doing a very topical episode, I'd say. Um, I have a guest here for the first time on our podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Um, hi, my name is Esther Mafuta March, and I'm a senior at San Clemente High School. And yeah, I guess I'm a classmate of Luke's. <laughs> Woo! Um, Esther, how do you say your last name? Um, Mafuta March. Mafuta March. Yes. Okay, why do people normally not say the March part? Well, I just have two last names, actually. And okay. so, the, like... Uh, Mafuta March. Mafuta is for my dad's side, and then March is for my mom's side. Okay. So sometimes they get confused. Like they think like Mafuta is my middle name, but it's not. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good to know. Look yes. at that. Already getting to know <laughs> the audience, the computer. <laughs> um, okay. So yes, today we are talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, we're talking about racial injustice, wherever that conversation is going to lead. Um, disclaimer: I like to do before these things. I don't really know what I'm talking about, so if I say something wrong, just know that I'm stupid and ignorant, and uh, and grace, I think, is a big, uh, big part of this. Having grace, learning new things, is, uh, is cool. Learning new things is cool. <laughs> um, so, let's start with what did we do yesterday, Esther? So yesterday, we went to the, the Black Lives Matter um, protests at St. Clemente. And I, like, we were talking about this yesterday. It was, like, mm-hmm. the first of its kind that was so big. Mm-hmm. We were actually talking about, like, how we've never seen protests in St. Clemente besides, obviously, the COVID, like, protesters saying that we should reopen. And then this Black Lives Matter movement protest, which was huge. Mm-hmm. In fact, so many people turned up. I was so surprised and so, like, so happy, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we went to a local protest yesterday in our uh, very white I'd say town, um, usually seen as pretty conservative Republican side of things. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really, really cool to see our little town, uh, come together and just show support. It wasn't anything like dramatic, like it wasn't violent in any way. Um, but I don't think it needed to be. I think it was just a really, uh, for me, it was very like powerful to see that we can support from our little town. I definitely I agree with that like I remember a walking down like for the first time and like just seeing the large crowd mm-hmm. how happy I was and how I don't know validated I like I felt in my hometown yeah and especially also after the protest move there there were still people walking around with their signs and we all went in my car mm-hmm. and all started yeah like, honking and like, and like cheering with them and that just was so I could just drive down Del Mar which is like the main street in San Clemente and just be honking for the Black Lives Matter movement yeah like, that was a experience that was really cool it, was, yeah. it almost felt like you're at like camp where you just feel like you can say hi to everyone have you ever gone mm-hmm. to summer camp yeah um, yeah i have yes. okay <laughs> um i like i've been to the summer camp that i go to or i used to go to every year and it was just like super positive and wholesome and you could just say hi to whoever and everyone seems so like glad to see you and when we were like driving up and down our main street people like had their signs and mm-hmm. we'd like we, what were we playing like Beyonce I think we were we were playing Love <laughs> on Top Formation yeah we, loved that we had like yeah. some killer Beyonce music on full volume we were like screaming and like uh, it was it was just cool 
it felt so um like warm i'd say yeah and empowering yeah mm-hmm. yeah um it felt like like that group of people could actually do something yeah um so yeah that's what we did yesterday and obviously i feel like i mean where do we want to go do we want to talk about kind of how it's almost a trend on social media because i think that's an intriguing topic yeah that is an intriguing topic yeah yeah we could do that um so yeah i feel like lately it's happened before but would you agree never to this extent i feel like all across social media i okay i'd have to like maybe like disagree with that because i just think that we're older now yeah so we're more aware yeah we're more aware maybe social like i know social media like i think like social media definitely was like a big thing like in like in 2014 like mm-hmm. during the Ferguson protest I think if we were older mm-hmm. we would have definitely seen such a such a like a like a visceral and raw reaction yeah. of people horrified by what they saw yeah and so that's why I it just now we're older and everyone's like more aware and we were talking about this yesterday yeah we were how like we didn't see a lot of freshmen sophomores mm-hmm. juniors even and even the seniors there were like a couple I, I think I saw a lot of them but yeah like it's just as the older you get more people were posting on social media like everywhere mm-hmm. I turned every Instagram story was about the Black Lives Matter yeah. movement about protests and in support of it except for a couple people yeah. <laughs> except for a couple people yeah. but it was mostly yeah um really like really it was good to see because we definitely I think even if it is like like a what's it called like a like a movement or like you said hopping on the trend yeah, I don't yeah. think it's, it's a trend like I yeah. think that it's something that needs to be addressed I agree and so I wouldn't call it a trend because I, like it's it's just a problem and injustice that we have in our yeah. society. I agree. I think I think it's interesting because um, it shouldn't be a trend. Um, but I see I don't know. There's this one TikToker that I see, and is and he has this whole thing of like, if you're just posting on your story just because everyone else is, then you shouldn't be posting on your story at all. If you're just going to protests. To be seen at protests, you shouldn't be going at all. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I just don't agree with that. I, okay, that's how <laughs> I feel. Yeah. I had to like, I had to unfollow the guy because I was like, <laughs> if they're going to protest, they're going to protest. Yeah, there's no ifs and nor buts. They're yeah. going like they're there. And even if the yeah. initial intention is misplaced, if it can get to a place of understanding why those protests are happening for like that individual then i think like glad they're there yeah exactly (laughs) like like, i don't think there is a like ill-placed intention of going to like a black lives matter protest because the act of just going is is i think good in its own you know but i actually do have to say like yeah and oh okay speaking of social media though there there is a big backlash against people just reposting the video, the graphic video of yeah. these people dying. Yeah. And that, like, like, and that I understand. Mm-hmm. Although I get, because that, okay, po- the people who are reposting that video, it's obviously, like, in horror and shock. They mm-hmm. want more people to see it, more people to be aware and yeah, aware yeah. about what's happening. So it's coming from a place of, like, well intentions. But I could also see how it could be triggering for people, at least for me, like, I can't, I can't watch those videos. Like I didn't watch the Ahmad Arbery. Yeah. I didn't watch. I couldn't. Like it. Like and when something like that happens, it's really interesting because there's so many posts on social media about it too. Like, if you're a black person in America, you have to choose. Like, okay, are you gonna be like, just like super down the rest of the day because this is it's intense. Like it's mm-hmm. an intense 
video an intense moment like it, like, it, like mm. it's horrible what's happening or do you have to just like close yourself off and just be like okay like accept it move on like not exactly but you have to like emotionally just like separate mm -hmm. yourself mm -hmm. so that you can make something happen yeah and it's just kind of it's it's kind of it's kind of sad in that way because i i kind of understand that like you can't just be like crying because it's, it's horrible mm -hmm. like you can't just be like wow yeah. that's sad like no like it's like damn this is america this is like how like it just shows that like those videos just make you feel like your life doesn't matter and it's in broad daylight just so heart-wrenching yeah yeah i think i think there is a lot of nuances with social media and with like any graphic content the the way that i feel like those videos circulate um can one be triggering and can also be maybe sketchy for younger people on social media because there is a lot of younger people um, which brings up an interesting topic when like when is an appropriate time to address that with like a kid like what age yeah that's a that's a good question but I feel like that's kind of that's like for parents yeah that's too far I don't think we're in a place to answer that question yet that's funny um <laughs> Okay, I want to I want to move on to talking about white privilege cuz I'm interested in what that is, what that looks like, your thoughts, and then I'll share mine. Okay. Well, like in my opinion, and I don't like I I don't know, I don't really like I didn't really like research exactly what it means. I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe it's not scientifically correct, but yeah. cuz I was even talking about it with my dad. And I, I don't know, I'm going to share my dad's perspective on it too, and he's mm -hmm. black, and he, like, anyways, and then I'll share my perspective too, and then you can share yours also. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so, um, <laughs> so my perspective on it is, like, white privilege is, like, is the inherent fact that, like, in our history classes, we always learn about the Anglo-Saxon European mm -hmm point of view or even mm -hmm. history in general like we don't spend much time learning about how the Aztecs and the Incas were actually super developed populations mm -hmm. super smart intelligent people and the conquistadors just like demolished and destroyed all mm -hmm. of their like work it's that like power structure like we get to write history mm -hmm. and then that leaves out vital things and that invisible kind of power like struggle this like overtaking of history itself by Europeans continue. Yeah, so I think it's definitely just like the inherent like like in society like different things that Just I don't know make the make the white experience like the norm kind of and the mm -hmm. minorities Like not the norm or mm -hmm. like I don't know if that makes sense But for me, it's it's that and obviously like I lost my train of thought You're good. But um <laughs> But from my dad's like perspective, he doesn't believe like white privilege and stuff and the reason mm. he says that is because he's saying white privilege is like made up so that like white people think that they're privileged and like black people aren't mm. and I was like okay I was like dad because like obviously like that's not like why it's there that's not the mm -hmm. term of why it's there I think I think privilege like a depends on a lot of things you know mm -hmm. and so as um as a well-off like socioeconomically like black family who can afford to live in St. Clemente. Mm -hmm. I believe that I, my family doesn't experience the same hardships that mm -hmm. someone living in the inner city would. Yeah. And that doesn't matter if they're white or black or Hispanic, yeah. you know, and that's privilege in itself. Yeah. And so, um, 
And so that's why my dad maybe was like, no, that's that doesn't exist. Yeah. But like I think it does, and like maybe I, we just haven't like seen it yet. And yeah. Luckily, and maybe we won't be as exposed to it because as I like, I can afford to go to college. I can, like we like our high school that like is safe. We don't have like security guards mm-hmm. who have to guard it. So we have already that inherent privilege. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree that the world, like, was built or America, I don't know if I can make generalizations because I don't live in other places, but I know America and I know that it was built like for me to be on top. That's the way, like, like, I I think we should get into the history again, but like the world was built for someone like me. Mm -hmm. And so that's why there is this struggle now to black that's why we say black lives matter not all lives matter because my life already matters and is already seen as something that has that power on top and so it's the thing of like lifting up those who don't have that power in our world Mm -hmm. um anyway my perspective on white privilege for me kind of the way it's and i say it like this the way it's materialized itself for me Mm -hmm. is kind of not because I, I haven't really started getting into, like, jobs and stuff. And like you said, we don't live in a place where there's a lot of that kind of racial unrest. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say saying... We talked about this. Yeah. It's just, like, not yeah. talked about, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I think the way it's materialized itself is that I'm able to be unaware of racial injustice. Or I'm able to turn my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I, I remember, because we're in this, the Mejor Amigos group chat. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and we were, is it okay if I talk about this? Is it okay if I talk about it? Like, yeah. Okay, it's like, it's people in our real life. But it's oh, okay. that's fine. But okay, I'm not going to name names. But it was like, I remember, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. But I remember people were, were talking about like, we're talk- oh yeah, we were talking about white privilege in mm-hmm. the group chat and like someone was like, oh, can you explain what that is? Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And like you, ex- like you explained it really well. You were like, well, it's just the fact that we don't have to, like we can, re- we can mm-hmm. just not realize that there's racism. Oh, mm-hmm. didn't know this was happening, mm-hmm. like, you know? And that's like that, yeah, that is white privilege in itself. And like already realizing it, I think is the first step. Yeah. And and like acting upon it is the next step which we did yesterday mm-hmm. and like we went past like posting on social media yeah. like hopping on the trend as everyone like says but we actually like did something i feel like to yeah. try to make a change oh boy <laughs> Woo. um yeah that's what i think for me um i was able like it's weird because in my brain and this might be like a gen z thing but i always just thought like like, growing up, I was just like, racism isn't a thing now. You know what I mean? In my brain, I thought that was a part of history class. And this is, like, a weird realization, but, like, like, I would go through history classes and be like, that's just something that they did in the past that was wrong. And so I was able to not fear for my life um, getting pulled over. Like you said in your speech, like, getting pulled over, playing music too loud. I wouldn't give a second thought and the fact that I'm able to not think about those things and the way that I'm able to not fear um the police um have you seen when they see us I don't think I have okay it's a phenomenal uh drama docudrama I think that is is it about the Central Park 
Yes, the Central Park yes, Five. Yes, I heard about it. It's don't watch it. phenomenal. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It'll absolutely destroy you. You have to like spread it out because it's like heavy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but uh, something it made me realize, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but um, a common thing or a normal thing in black families is when their parents have to do the talk and how the talk for black families is sometimes different than the talk for like what I would think of the talk. Mm-hmm. Like when I hear the talk, I think like the birds and the bees, like mm-hmm. sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but in watching that show, that series, the talk was what to do if a police officer pulls you over um, and becoming aware of the world that we live in. Yeah. Have you experienced that at all? Well, um, yeah. So, yeah, we actually had it the other day, actually, because my brother's a freshman now, and I don't know, like, as I'm getting older, like, maybe I'm being, like, pessimistic, but I don't think I am, because the mm. problem is, as we were talking about, like, where we live, it's, it's, it's like, it's a bubble. It mm-hmm. really is, and, like, I don't know, in a, in a suburban, like, utopia-type place, mm-hmm. there's not going to be a lot of police roaming around, but once yeah. you get out of the suburban utopia, like, that's, re- like, you know, real life, you might get pulled over, like, yeah. and... Like I don't like I don't want anything to happen to me to my brother. Like I'm yeah. worried. Like I don't know. It, I know it's an. I don't know. My dad. My parents were like, "Don't like. Why are you trying to instill fear in your brother?" And I'm like, "Um, like I was supposed to say my dad." And I was like, "I'm not. I'm just actually worried. Like make sure like when a cop pulls you over, you have your hands up like by the wheel where they can see them. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be reaching for your wallet for your ID because they might think you have a gun." Yeah. And so like when I said that, my my dad was like, "What the heck?" And I'm like, "It's true. Like I don't know." That is. And. And I don't know, like, you just have to, like, because I, I don't know. I, when I was younger, I read this book called The Hate You Give. Okay, I watched that movie. Okay. Yeah. Did you see the movie? I didn't see the movie, but I read the book. I was, okay, continue. Yeah, and um, and it just, it was intense, like, because it's about this girl whose friend gets shot by the police. Yeah, and, heartbreaking. And uh, it's, like, yeah, and, like, the aftermath after that, how she feels, how her family feels, how it changes her life. Mm-hmm. And she also has a boyfriend who's white, and they go to a protest together, and it's just very... It kind of, like, takes a lot of different sides of things. Yeah. And, like, she moves away from her house. Wasn't goes, her uncle a police officer? Yeah. Okay. That, too. See? Okay. Like, it was such a great book, because it took all these different angles. She yeah. even moved, like, to the suburbs. Like, it was literally, like, mm-hmm. so I mean, all-encompassing of, like, all the yeah. different aspects of, like, being black in America, I feel mm-hmm. like. And um, and it was just... I just remember how heartbreaking and how sudden it was, and that yeah. scared me. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I th- I don't know if the book went more in depth into the uncle's, mm. like, perspective. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a fascinating one. Yeah. Being, like, an African-American officer. Yeah. Is uh, just, like, interesting to learn about. Because mm-hmm. um, we were even talking about this yesterday. I, was, yeah. I, I asked, just because I'm stupid, I was like, are there officers who are a part of the Black Lives Matter movement? And then you said, yeah, of course. And I was like, but they can't do anything when they're in uniform. It's, it's just interesting. Yeah. I, well, actually, okay, wait. I have an update on Okay. That. So <laughs> this morning, my mom's like, look at this. Inspiring, like, inspiring things that are happening. Um, and, um, and it was like, a, a, like, 51, like, 51 articles of, like, inspiring things that are mm-hmm. happening, like, like, like in regards to the Black Lives Matter protests, mm-hmm. and one of and like many of them were policemen taking a knee with the protesters. That's awesome. So I think they, they can. Like yeah. we were talking about yesterday, like oh maybe they're out, like they have to remain stoic, they can't do anything. But I mean clearly in those pictures mm-hmm. they, they can. That's really cool. So I thought that was super powerful because 
I mean, yeah, I mean, like, it's, I don't believe in, like, all cops are bad. Like, they're, yeah. I don't, I, they, I don't think they are. Like, they're obviously, like, met here for a reason. But there's definitely, um, uh, like, a problem with the system because mm-hmm. there's no way to persecute these bad cops. And if there's no way to mm-hmm. persecute them, there's not a sense of accountability for the, for the murders that they've committed. Yeah. And how are, like, then we can't continue mm-hmm. like this, you know? And that's why... I could be wrong. I haven't done like a lot of research. I've just like, seen things here and there. But the all cops are bastards. I think that's meant to be like hyperbolic, and I think it's meant to talk about the system that they're uh, working on top of. Like they're, it's talking about the corruption of the system they support, rather than like all cops. Like the people who are cops are bad. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, now I want to get. Let's talk about the history, because I think this side of things is really interesting, and there's a lot that goes into it. This is, um, well, okay, yeah, going back to the white privilege thing, and then I'll bring it back around, um, it has been a recent development, kind of, honestly, this school year, for me to, um, become more aware and become more, kind of, outraged, about racial injustice because like I said I I just legitimately thought it wasn't something we faced anymore I've never lived in a super like um, ethnically diverse area Mm -hmm. I lived in a small town in New Hampshire where there was like no one Mm -hmm. and then uh, here in San Clemente um, yeah it's predominantly white and there even there's just like not a lot of action there until this year yeah that's true um, so yeah, so for me, this year was the first year that I started to realize that, and we'll get into why later. Mm-hmm. You know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get there. Yeah. Just you wait. Um, but I want to talk about the history, because there is a lot of interesting stuff. Do you know a lot about like um, post-Reconstruction kind of era, like yeah. post-emancipation um, mm-hmm. type yeah, stuff? that is an interesting part of the history. Yeah, it's yeah, really fascinating. Yeah. Do you want to talk about some interesting sure. things you know? Yeah. So something that really shocked me when I started learning about, um, well, when we went more into depth about like the whole Reconstruction era, era after the Civil War, mm-hmm. um, was that at first like black people were getting like like a lot of rights. There were even there were even some um, there were even some governors that got elected that were black. Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff, and I, I that was like last year. There's more intricate like government like government like details into it mm-hmm. but like that was that was like really like cool to see like actually like right mm-hmm. after the civil war okay then like there was like a like, motivation almost yeah and there was like a and like a like i don't know it was almost like a catalyst for actual change and like mm-hmm. concrete change because there were like people getting like elected black people elected yeah. into um into like government bodies but then um but then i think people were like hey wait a second like in a society, there always has to be, you know, like the, the people power. who win, people yeah. who lose, like power, like the power structure. And then, um, and they, I think they rectified all of that and made sure that, um, like, they made sure that African Americans or black people, like, stayed oppressed mm-hmm. so that um, white people could have um, more power and, um, and, like, continue living kind of their life that they were living while, like, like while slavery was still existing. Mm-hmm. Because, if we're being honest, like slavery was the backbone of the U.S. It made America because mm-hmm. it was the economy of the South. Yeah. It drove it, gave it income, and as horrible and messed up that it was, that's what it like. Yeah, it really was the backbone. Yeah, it was 
economically valuable mm-hmm. to the like those people at the time and and yeah that that's the other side of like this world that America mm-hmm. was built for me by slaves and that that's the ripple effect that's yeah. what I think we I talked to an anti anti protester yesterday mm-hmm. um, at the protest he was like across the street and everyone was screaming and stuff um, but I just like stood up and just like talked to him and this is like an interesting thing too like weaponizing my privilege so mm-hmm. as a white guy I was able to go up to him stand up to him tell him to take a breath and put his like loud my megaphone thing down mm-hmm. and other people tried <laughs> but because he saw me and looked at the way I looked he put it down um, but I was talking to him and he he was like they should be grateful that we're the ones who freed them. Oh, wait, no way. Because mm-hmm. you talked about other slaves in other uh, areas around the world. Oh my goodness. It was like, they, you know who's the one who freed <laughs> them? You know who's Gosh. the one who freed them? America. They yeah. should be glad they have what they have. That was like That's a legitimate horrible. thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that ripple effect, it's, it's, isn't there research that it's genetic? Like oppression can be genetic? Have you heard that? I have not heard okay. that, no. I don't want to start spitting false facts, but I thought I heard that somewhere. But, post-emancipation, I heard one of the ways that they got um, freed slaves back into pretty much slavery is, um, like, over-arresting. Sorry. Oh, that true. Sorry. But, uh, like, arresting... Oh, yeah. yeah, so yeah. this is where that culture yeah. of... You know, getting arrested for loud music, mm-hmm. getting arrested for very simple things. This mm-hmm. is where that starts. It's not, it's, it wasn't because, like, the freed slaves were doing anything worse. It's because they wanted to get them back into slavery, and mm-hmm. the best way they could do that is imprisoning them and forcing them to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's fascinating that that ripple effect is still yeah. felt today. Yeah. And I feel like just the fact that we're recognizing that that's like I, like the origins of like policemen and like mm-hmm. and law and order and all that stuff. And you could even go like all the way to Ronald Reagan and the mm-hmm. war against drugs, mm-hmm. which was for some minorities a war on minorities basically, mm-hmm. and uh, and like put so many more people in jail. And if you watch, I didn't, I actually didn't uh, watch it, but if you watch the Thirteenth on I Netflix, I saw it. Fantastic. <laughs> so, like, but I read a lot about it and yeah, stuff, yeah. and so it's it's crazy. It's like it's kind of it's so like horrific how like even nowadays you could just see. Um, well, the difference between uh, a white guy getting charged for having weed or a, a black man getting charged for having weed, mm-hmm. like, yeah. and the way that they're prosecuted and the way that they're. Um, what is it called? Consequence? What's it called? Punishment? Um, yeah. Sentenced? I don't know. Yeah. The way that they're sentenced is just completely different for the mm-hmm. same exact crime. Yeah. That's so crazy. And, um... Hello? Hi, Cammie. Oh, oh my, my goodness. <laughs> We're like, hello? <laughs> Guest appearance. Hi, Cammie. Wow, you have this whole setup here? Yeah. Where did you get this from? Did you buy Amazon. this? Amazon. 45 oh, bucks. Wow. Beautiful. That was funny. We were like, who that is that? That was so scary. Because <laughs> we like, my parents are not home. <laughs> That's so funny. 
Guest interruption from Cammy Dane. <laughs> Wait, while we're on a break, I need to go to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> Taking a break. Okay, sorry about that interruption. That was just our friend being stupid, right, Esther? Right, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were talking about the difference between um, like a white guy and a black guy getting charged for illegally having weed. Um, and we were kind of getting into the history post-reconstruction, post-emancipation, mm -hmm. and how that ripple effect is still felt today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So even beyond, we talked about uh, the imprisonment of um, ex-slaves so that they could become slaves again. Mm -hmm. And then, do you know a lot about kind of housing and stuff like that, and kind of the... Um, centralization of black people like the way that they would uh, zone out different places where they would only sell homes to whites or only sell homes to blacks yeah so I remember um, well this I think I feel like the thing that you're talking about is like Levittown and like the beginning of the suburbs which is like later yeah which also was like it, it, it was obviously a continued form of oppression yeah 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 and like segregation mm -hmm. but I know that right after emancipation and the Civil War they, there was a huge. Well, I was actually listening to listening to a podcast, much like the one we were I on love today. Podcasts. Yeah, and it was actually about healthcare post yes. post slavery for slaves mm -hmm. and like how they didn't have healthcare. Like they were like, yeah. why? Like there was obviously no centralized healthcare in general. Yeah. But a hospitals wouldn't even accept like African Americans or Black people at all. And and there and like if they would get sick and die. They would say, "Oh, it's because like they're just uh, genetically inferior," and so I don't know. Isn't that like so like harsh and like horrible yeah. to hear? That's that's what the government was saying to people to justify so many like deaths because of like disease and maybe famine. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. And in terms of answering your question about housing, um, as soon as they were free from the plantations, like okay, great, you're free. Now where do you go? Yeah. Like you don't have anything to your name. Sharecropping. Sharecropping, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that was a way to keep them in this cycle of poverty and the cycle of codependence and, in a sense, like a bondage and slavery because yeah. there was no way to get ahead. You'd just be in debt to the your plantation owner, which would be like maybe the master that you had while you were enslaved. Mm -hmm. So, love that. Like, you know, yeah. there's just, um, just a whole sad cycle that continued after. Yeah. Um, and even going off a. Uh, Healthcare. Have you heard the statistic sti uh, statistic today that's like black women giving birth are more likely to like die while giving birth um, at like hospitals. I haven't heard that. And there's there's uh, I th I think the uh, reason behind that goes back to this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well. I feel I don't okay, I don't know specifically about like black women and that that statistics that you just said, but mm -hmm. definitely about healthcare, mm -hmm. especially in the U.S. I feel very strongly about the fact that we don't have universal healthcare mm -hmm. because that inherently favors the people who have money to pay. Yeah, and who has the money to pay? The people who have been like have been able to get ahead yeah. all this time, um, and so obviously the mi minorities in general like maybe can't afford as good of healthcare, and maybe they'll die from from things like childbirth or mm -hmm. from normal like diseases like diabetes just because they can't get the help they need, mm -hmm. other things like that. And I think that's a huge problem because 
it clearly when you don't give healthcare and you don't give ho- like access to hospital and doctors to people that's just saying that their life doesn't matter because yeah. that's a basic human right that you need yeah. to be able to go like to the doctor when yeah. you're sick and not be afraid to go to the doctor exactly. because of the bill that might come after mm-hmm. interesting um okay kind of moving away and moving towards why this year was kind of the year that I um, came to realize racial injustice was a legitimate issue. Um, because like I said, for me, white privilege was being able to ignore that and not having to face that until recently. Do you know the reason why <laughs> I'm aware of it now? Do we want to jump into that? Yeah, we can jump into that. Um, so, <laughs> where do we begin? Yeah. <laughs> this was a weird, complex issue uh, at our school. We were never told we're not allowed to talk about it, so we're I mean, allowed we to talk about should. it. We definitely should. We need to talk about things like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so, our school is really big on football. We really, really yeah. pride ourselves on our <laughs> Friday night football <laughs> games. Um, we have themes for every single football game. Um and uh, it's just a big thing at our school. One town, one team. Mm-hmm. They're specifically talking about the football team. It's a whole culture. It's very fun. I love it. I like going to Friday night football games. Most people do. Yeah. Um, but they're a big deal. So we played a school in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, do we not say their name? I don't know. <laughs> I know. I don't know either. Um, do a lot of people should we, to this? Sh- is this going to... I don't think I don't know how podcasts work, so I don't know if this can go viral. Yeah, because they yeah because yeah. you could find it online. Yeah. I I don't think there's any point in <laughs> yeah. censoring it. Yeah. Because it is something online. online. Yeah. Hopefully. We <laughs> 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 a lot of anticipation. To find out why. <laughs> um, but I mean, I you're not coming back to high school. Yeah. I guess I'll have to deal with the consequences if there are any. But we played a school called uh, Lincoln High, Lincoln High, Lincoln High School. Um, and do you want to dive into the problematic yeah. things that so occurred after? Basically, um, there was a football game, and after the football game, which was country themed, um, so patriotic, yay. Mm-hmm. Um, after after the football game, there was a post that was circulated. That um, blew up pretty that much. Blew up. Oh, went viral. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. Um, of this girl saying that there had been like racial slurs yelled at her, um, like like by by like parents on the team. Um, uh, what else? Like they were just felt like it was it was a weird time. I mean, it was a weird time for everyone, but it was a weird time because the way that like the media we were like on news channels and stuff we were san clemente is racist after that day yeah that's how our school is defined um but it was weird because on media it was kind of this image they would draw this image to your head of our huge crowd of like white country clothes flannel wearing people with the red bandana yeah yeah really insensitive apparently Mm -hmm. i think it's also because we live in san clemente like we are like, not it's aware. a little bubble okay yeah <laughs> but anyway continue. um but there's this image of yeah. our entire crowd like yelling racial slurs and like saying all these things and there's the i don't know there was just this image evoked of our entire school doing that and so i, I remember that being difficult for people um well i think that what we should focus first is like 
obviously the stuff that happened. Yeah, the stuff that happened. Because yeah. I feel like everyone always is like, oh, like no, that's not like always are on the defensive side. Like, yeah. Like oh, our school was made to look like this, but. Honestly, if something like that happens, I, the first thing should not be, how does the other person feel? The first thing should be, how does that girl feel? Yeah. How did the other team feel? Going to a predominantly white school, yeah. they've said they didn't, like, all this, all these different things, like, that happened to them. I, like, you have to take it at face value, and then you delve into the facts, obviously, yeah. but... Honestly, it was just heartbreaking. At least me, I'm black, a person of color, going to St. Clemente, and there's honestly not a lot of people of color going to St. Clemente. Yeah. However, have to say, 30% of our school is Hispanic. So, yeah. I mean, I guess we're diverse. Like, you kind of, yeah. like, if you look at it in that way, um, and there's also, we can delve into that too. But anyways, but, yeah. so yeah, so there's like, <laughs> the whole other, but there's like, I'd say like 20, 30, black, maybe not even 30 black people at our school. Yeah. So I just, I, I was shocked. I was horrified and saddened but the problem is i believed it i wasn't surprised that's yeah first time i saw it i was that was that was like a weird realization for me my like empathy mode just like lit up and i, I remember i'm like a part of the leadership at our school or whatever like asb is what we're called and i like sent a text to our advisor i was like i literally don't care what you do to protect the school we need to like we need to like make like we need to make sure they're okay yeah <laughs> and I was like yeah. like even if I, I got I was like I think you said this too Cammy. Cammy is not a part of the podcast but she's in front of us <laughs> it was like instant emotional like rage kind of yeah I remember like going like I was like in tears the first time I read mm-hmm. that and it it wasn't just like like it was just like anger like so much anger for like on like both sides yeah but that's like something else yeah um but continue esther yeah um yeah i just remember the night that it all happened and it all went viral i sent an email to the principal yeah i sent an email to principal uh to our principal and i told him i heard what happened have you what are our next steps Mm -hmm. um we need to address this what are what are you doing to fix this because Mm -hmm. this is horrified i'm horrified this could even this could happen at our school like we need to make sure it never happens again like my parents were mad i was mad it was it was just because like it was it happened at saint clemente and we like parents it was parents like apparently it was parents and students were like yelling like yelling racial slurs at them and the parents made them feel very unwelcome and like 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 so many so many different things that happened and like you can't just i don't know discredit what they felt like i don't know no matter if you're just like oh saint clemente's not like this like okay fine but they like maybe all i don't believe that all of saint clemente is racist yeah yeah, perhaps the media portrayed us to be but I honestly think that we deserved to be portrayed like that yeah. because that did happen. And although we all know the media like just portrays things in the way they want to, like we can even go back to the protests, how they portray them as all looting and violent, exactly and peaceful. But anyways, so that's a different thing. But I definitely think that um, that that incident, that horrific incident, was was a big wake up call in mm-hmm. our ignorance in in a necessary wake up call yeah, too. Mm-hmm. In the ignorance present in St. Clemente, because there's definitely people who say the N-word, I'm yeah. white, I don't say the N-word, and I'm black, because I don't want my friends to be saying that around me. Yeah. And there was even an incident at, like, at like, high, the high school, where, um... People, well, people yeah. say it. Yeah, like, I no, hear... people say it, like, it's not okay. And it's just our ignorance, like, their ignorance, like, is it racism? I don't know. Maybe, like, I don't know. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's just not okay we need to address it yeah um 
Yeah, I remember, it was a weird time, I don't know if I should be saying this, but I remember talking to people, perhaps uh, leadership, and uh, the instant reaction was how to how do we fix our image? How do we, how do we make sure San Clemente is okay? I don't know, it was just really weird. I remember being in like a meeting and it was like, mm-hmm. what do we do to make sure, and this is a valid feeling what do we do to make sure this doesn't affect college that's a valid (laughs) feeling but the instant reaction to hearing that um i don't like i don't know that reaction so like that was not my first reaction at all and i go to that school yeah like how could i don't know that's so like i feel like that's very narrow-minded and naive yeah and there were like i know there were people like people maybe i'm friends with that said that yeah because we went to that we went to a restorative circle yeah okay so let's get into that (laughs) yeah so the next action that we took um once this incident kind of broke out and once we started looking for solutions was this idea of a restorative circle um a restorative circle is meant to be a place where both sides of an issue of a uh problem whatever it is both sides share their feelings openly and wholly yeah with uh with a mediator kind of controlling the environment and then we go into solutions once we've each side has shared their perspective then we go into solutions and talk about how we can fix this problem esther do you want to talk about how our restorative circle actually went yeah, so in reality, the restorative <laughs> circle is not very restorative, no. <laughs> unfortunately. Like, I feel yeah. like the effort was there. Yay, effort from administration. But, like, honestly, it was, like, the problem is we did not have enough time. Mm-hmm. I think it was honestly time because the problem was not everyone could say what they went through. Yeah. So, okay, so like I said, it's meant to be something where each side of the story shares their perspective and then the other side shares their perspective. Mm-hmm. So the initial, the initial, <laughs> the initial um, idea was let every single Lincoln person share their experience, share their emotions, share whatever they're mm-hmm. feeling and pour that out. And it was hard. It was intense. It was really, I... I yeah that was really hard and after listening to them you can't say that that didn't happen like that's, exactly that was what like yeah like people don't realize that there's like I don't know like they like that yes it does happen like mm-hmm. you know you can't just say oh it didn't happen like I feel like you first need to believe the person that's the white privilege being able to say no that wouldn't happen here yeah I think you're right yeah yeah I think that's what I think that was the root of no one wants to believe exactly that's why it was so difficult because you have to recognize your white privilege and recognize that you've been in this bubble so that you can see outside of it almost Mm -hmm. um anyway uh yeah the lincoln um students shared and it was really emotional really really tense like it you could it was you could feel it you could feel the rawness of it which was good however can i just say like really quick they were freshmen and sophomores yeah so i don't know what age that is but we were juniors and seniors and i feel like that is such an intense thing to go through at such Mm -hmm. a young age and it was just i don't know it was crazy that they were so young and had to go through that yeah yeah and that they stood up for themselves yes Uh, well they didn't they didn't uh get violent in any way yeah that was another big thing like they didn't fight back when people were saying or they didn't yell back when people yelled racial slurs at them and i 
because they knew that if they did that, then the media would portray them as the ones mm-hmm. Which, that are so wild and out of... And uh, it would like, give those people exactly what they want or expect. Mm-hmm. But, like, the problem is, like, I would do that. If someone yeah. starts yelling stuff at me, I yell right back. I wouldn't, like, you know, they've demonstrated such poise, and I, that's why I had so, and that, I think I said that in the restorative circle, I had so much respect for them, because I was, ang- I'd be angry, like, you know, and, but they have to also recognize that they know that, okay, people are, like, this, like, you know, stereotypes, their media is going to portray them so, like, mm-hmm. in that way, they can't, they can't fight for themselves and stand up for themselves in that moment, so, it was, yeah, I don't know. It was just shocking to see how they, like, yeah. We're so, yeah, bold. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they were supposed to share all their points, and they started doing that, but then we got a notification on someone's phone that was like, the bus is coming in an hour. <laughs> so it was like, we don't have enough time to do it the way it's supposed to be done. Now we're going to switch back and forth between San Clemente, Lincoln, San Clemente, Lincoln. Yeah. And that, I think, was the main root of the problem mm-hmm. because the way it would work, it would be a Lincoln kid pouring. It was all girls, or almost all girls. Almost all girls. There was, like, was like two, two guys. guys. Yeah. yeah It'd be a Lincoln student pouring out their feelings. It was like, like, it was so emotional, so raw, and so um, heartfelt, like pain. Yeah, it was just very vivid pain. Um, and so you'd have that, and then you'd switch over to. San Clemente student, like, yeah, I totally get that, but, like, it hurt me, too. Yeah, <laughs> it was and, literally that. And so, and look, look, look. That was so good, it was that. Yeah, not, it, that's yeah. valid. It's okay to feel pain, it's good to feel pain, but the way that it should have worked is that they pour all their things out, and then we say this, and then we have that conversation about, well, okay, but maybe you shouldn't, you should let that pain go, be, not to like rate pain, but like maybe you should get a little bit others focused, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it would go really intense Lincoln student sharing their mm-hmm. heart and pain to an SC student being like, that's hard, but I mean, it was hard but for me. college. Yeah. And then I was like, I, was, I remember I was laughing, I was shook. And then and everyone else in the circle was like, what? Like, and then it would go right back to a yeah. Lincoln student I mean, first of all, addressing how mad they were that yeah. that's what they're bringing up right now. Yeah. And then sharing all their pain. And it was just this flip-flop back and forth, and it was super problematic. Um, I know when it got to me, I was able to make people chuckle. Yes, Lou. I don't know how, but that was my <laughs> proudest moment. Because um, my kind of go-to, well, most people's, but my defense mechanism, when I feel that tense, I was just like, I just started making fun of myself, kind of. Mm. Like, I would just mess up on words and be like, uh-huh, I'm stupid. <laughs> um, and I got chuckles from both sides, which was really, really satisfying. Nice. <laughs> um, I honestly don't super remember what I said. And yeah. So it was just a very complicated and complex situation that I think that it's hard to sort of, like, grasp at, um, like, especially just through what the media showed. Because, obviously, the heart of the issue is, like, the racism that occurred and kind of like the ignorance because I do completely agree I'm honestly glad that it happened because mm-hmm. I think it was a really big wake-up call for San Clemente High School and as I don't know there's there's a really small Asian population at school too so I kind of was able to empathize with the feelings that like Esther kind of carried along with this so it was a really big wake-up call to see um, sort of how this 
Bless you. One image that San Clemente High School has of very like Western, very white, very just like, you know, the SoCal picture and how that kind of, even if it wasn't like our whole school's racist, how that can kind of like subconsciously put ideals in like high schoolers' minds. And that was kind of like a really cool wake up call for me to see and for the student body to realize. But the Lincoln incident, I would say was like very, very complex. Yeah, so let's, I think we should dive into the nuance, the complexity of Lincoln, because that's what I'm trying to say. I, like, those feelings of, like, I think it, it, it's rooted in a place of pain. Like, growing up in San Clemente, you love San Clemente. And so it is hard for that bubble to be burst. Yeah. And those feelings are valid. I just think the way that they were delivered in the restorative circle made things far more tense than they needed to be and we ran out of time to where we couldn't do solutions mm -hmm. and by the time we left everyone was just upset yeah like we left upset well it was yeah, it was it, bad it was really it bad it was really bad that was another yeah that was another problem we were not prepared for what was going to happen we were told the way it was told to me was that they're not going to be attacking you it's not going to be like it, they told us it wasn't going to be intense at all that's like the way that um my administrator kind of said it to me i don't know mm -hmm. if you heard something different yeah but uh, it was definitely hard it was supposed to be hard i think in a way for us it was it was good that it was hard because the problem is i feel like when you go into a restorative circle like of course like okay it'll be nice like restorative sounds very mellow and like mm -hmm. peaceful and like not confrontational but like what happened wasn't like peaceful. It wasn't okay. Yeah. And like, it's a lot of emotions involved. And I remember there was this mom talking about her kids and mm -hmm. how uncomfortable she felt going there. And so I think I understand that they're confrontational. They're not like, like, you know, conversational. They're yet. not exactly. You know? So that was the thing. Yeah. We didn't there get was, to the conversation. Exactly. So there was supposed to be that confrontation, mm -hmm. but I think the reason in our brains it's so much worse is because we didn't have the after confrontation discussion yeah. we didn't have the like i think it's just confusing because i think if we had that time after where we just like talked it out kind of thing and it is difficult to talk it out but i think it would be more satisfying mm -hmm. and it wouldn't leave um just like a uh like we didn't finish sort of feeling in your mouth you know what i mean yeah and it was even even like um afterwards like driving to get food and stuff i know i was with you and some other people and we had really really good discussions yeah, did. but i heard from other students who went i doubt they're gonna listen to this but i <laughs> sorry that was funny but i heard from other students they were like they really talked down on it was yeah, they were mad that it was confrontational. Mm -hmm. They were like, they were so unprofessional, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I went back to the fact that they were freshmen and sophomores. Yeah. And like, like you're young, like, you know, maybe you're not going to be as mature about the situation. Exactly. And I feel like you don't have to be mature about the situation yeah. if you don't want to be either. So yeah, there was that too. Like, people were shocked at how angry they were. That was a yeah. factor. They're like, oh, like they're not very nice. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, people were upset that they weren't ready to make change happen. And it's because yeah. they never got their chance to this was their first t a bit time to tell us what happened yeah 
Like, it was their first time processing it. Mm -hmm. They didn't go into it level-headed because they weren't. It was their first time, like, expressing it to us. And, and like, like we said earlier, like, we were the faces of our school. Mm -hmm. And so, to them, like, we were representing every part of that. The good and the bad. And so, it was their first chance to articulate that to what they see as their enemies or to those people um, who scream those things at them. And so that's why it was so attacking, and it is complex because there's always two sides to it, but I think the reason um, the Lincoln restorative circle is so uh, complicated is because we didn't get to do the second step. Mm-hmm. And I think in our car, in our car driving home, we were very aware of that. We were like, yeah, that didn't go well. Um, it was really hard, and... Uh, not done well but that's because we didn't have the time like Mm -hmm. um i'm glad it happened because i feel like on our side a lot of minds were like open or maybe they realized that like it actually happened yeah because there was like i just remember after the lincoln thing i like monday going to school i was so uncomfortable like i didn't want to go i didn't want to hear people saying oh like what the heck like wow like they're like it's not true like oh my gosh it's fake news like i didn't want to hear that like i Mm. did not want to put up with that because it like it made me feel like as if anything bad ever happened to me, people wouldn't believe it. They'd be like, exactly. Oh, no, that no, she would never do that. He would never do that. San Clemente is not like that. Yeah. And so that's the problem with invalidating like people right away. Instantly. Yeah. Yeah, but it was also difficult because we didn't have yeah. people. Like I yeah. And that was hard. Yeah. I remember that being kind of. So what you mean? You didn't have we didn't have like suspects, or we didn't have people to pin it on. Mm. And so it was yeah. difficult because it was it was it was almost I like get, I get both sides. It was like, almost like it. yeah. It, it almost felt like they could be like anywhere around us. Yeah. I don't know. I did want to say going back to what you said about like the administration and how they're always worried about their image. One thing I did notice. I was part of like the no place for hate committee that was made after. Like I think the administration definitely did efforts to like rectify the like the. Like maybe like just the ignorance. Like I don't think we like maybe there's a couple racists at our school. Like like anywhere. Like you know. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like mostly it stems from ignorance because we don't have like a diverse that population. Bubble. You mm-hmm. know. And so I just and ignorance can be like helped. Like you know you can just expose them to the reality of the world or like in a nice way so that they don't get all defensive. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. And so that's why the No Place for Hate committee was started with um, the uh, the Anti Defamation League. And so they worked together with all these people and the NAACP. So, like, I don't think the administration tried, like, you know, they were actually like, we okay. have a problem, let's address it. Yeah. But then the one thing that I was, like, like you said, they were just trying to fix their image. Mm-hmm. They were trying so hard to do these three activities that you needed to do with the No Place for Hate Committee, with the Anti-Defamation League, so that our school could be play- labeled as a No Place for Hate school. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are you trying so hard to get it done this year? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, we're not going to get it done and we can just accept that. And they wanted to get it done so that to show that, like, even though the activities would, did not happen. Yeah. Like, they made this video so that I could count for an activity. She yeah. literally said it. And I'm like, I did not participate in the video. Because I was like, well, A, it was kind of quarantine. So I was like, okay, I'm not doing this. Mm. But also, she was like, why would I do it, like, when it's just for an activity? Like, that should not be why we're doing this video. You know, it shouldn't yeah. be just because, like, we need, like, we want to get the word out or we, like, feel strongly. Not to complete a checkbox so we could become a no place for hate school. Yeah. So that's, like, caring about the image more than the message. Yeah. Know? Okay, two things. One, I agree. I, if I made it sound like our administration was bad, I love our administration. I thought our principal was so compassionate. I yeah, felt like at was. the restorative circle. 
And that was also difficult when our admin got called out by students. Yeah. That was... I do. Oh, God. Yeah, I do remember that. That was difficult. Felt bad for them. I, I know. Like, oh. And they... The whole thing is they weren't allowed to show any emotion mm-hmm. at the thing. And so as soon as the Lincoln kids left, one of our assistant principals, like, broke down weeping. Did you see that? Yeah. She was, like, crying. Yeah, we had an... Like, we, I saw, like, an administrator, like, crying because she couldn't do it during the restorative circle she had to wait till everyone left um so i i do think there's compassion there but going back to this image idea and bringing it kind of back to where we started do you think intention corrupts the message so you talked about how we just did this video with the intention of completing this thing, but the video has a good message, or I'm just going to a Black Lives Matter protest because everyone else is. No, I, I, um, I don't think intention corrupts the message. Yeah. No, I, I was just like, maybe being petty a little bit. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, you're honest. good. To well, be honest. And I, I guess but, it is two different situations because a protest is empowered by numbers, but I guess mm-hmm. a video, when you're making a video, it's, it has to be authentic and heartfelt, so. I just on it like on I think the video is great like I have no problem and like and them wanting to do the activities and if the their push is so that they become can become a no place for hate school then I think that's great like I, yeah. I, I do stand by what I said before how like no matter what the intention as long as you're trying like to do good like mm-hmm. the video I think it's great like good good on them you know yeah and um, maybe I should have like participated in it but, like, mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> like maybe I should have but like yeah it just was like in my like I was just being like it's maybe it's, I was just a little like annoyed in a way because yeah. they were trying to do activities. You don't have to justify yourself. You're well, totally I'll fine. just explain because okay. like they were trying to do activities, mm-hmm. but then it's like you want to do a good activity. Like you don't just want to like, okay, we did this activity and we need to do it in two weeks because the deadline. Like yeah. I want it to be good. I want it to affect the whole student population and like actually like make a difference. And if we can only do one, we can only do one. Like you know, that's, yeah. that was my kind of take on it. So. I was because I was in the planning meetings with the, like all of the teachers, and it just felt like they were just trying to get things like checklists, which is good because mm-hmm. they're like their like their intentions are good. So yeah, yeah, I'll just fine take on it. Yeah, can I, I you can cut this out, but um, with the whole like Lincoln incident, I think that like Esther was saying, it really magnified the importance of diversity because although I don't think that the high school is necessarily just like blatantly racist I would say walking on campus I feel safe I feel like secure like I wouldn't say it's anything like super blatant racism but I think that when in any situation where there's just not a lot of diversity and everyone looks and acts the same way it created like all these standards of like what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and I completely agree yeah and it becomes really easy to sort of like push people away because of the way they act or where they come from and so I think that I can understand how if you're a predominantly black school like Lincoln coming onto a campus like ours any moment where it's just you're suddenly in such a new culture where the where you feel almost like an underdog walking into a completely new world it's easy to feel targeted and I think the importance of Lincoln was because it showed the same for many high school kids that like diversity is important and to at least be aware. Like, even though there's, I would say most people agree that like it's never okay to say the N word 
Um, or I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I maybe feel like, like our friend group is so good about that. Like, I don't know. I just have to say, maybe, like, yeah, anytime, like, friends. it's even in, like, even in songs, like, they don't say it. And I feel so, like, thank you. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't say it, like, yeah. But, like, other people, like, yeah. do. Like, in other yeah. friend groups. Yeah. But I guess it's just, like, the, the subconscious of, like, what's become acceptable and what's mm-hmm. not. And just remembering that, like, living, especially in this area, it is such a bubble. And, um... I don't know. It's easy. It's easy to forget that the rest of the world isn't like where we live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, going beyond white privilege, kind of socioeconomic San Clemente privilege. That I feel like it's kind of captured in the fact that in our protest yesterday, I don't know. In our protest yesterday, we didn't get tear gas because it, I don't know. I, that's a weird way to go with that, but... I know. I I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. But I also feel like... I don't know, because it was interesting, because I was actually talking to my family last night. We were in France, and they were calling me, because my that dad sent them like the videos of like me speaking. And they were saying, you know what's crazy? It's like, half the protesters aren't even black. Yeah. And I was like, you're so right. Like, you know, and that's what's like... I guess it doesn't really answer your question, but it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's just nice to see everyone like coming together mm-hmm. for like a common injustice, you know? And I don't know. I don't, it doesn't really explain why it's getting tear gas. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, no, no. It's <laughs> like, yay. No, I agree. I think, I think that was really cool yesterday in the protest to see like so many allies. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just felt so, felt like we were, felt like we were one. Yeah. <laughs> we were like united and... I don't know. It was really, really cool to see how predominantly white San Clemente is. So many people came out mm-hmm. and like showed up and were like hype and down yeah. to like scream and like like block the roads. Mm-hmm. And I think we we were all thinking like I think this is the biggest protest San Clemente has ever had. <laughs> yeah. And, how, and it's a Black Lives Matter protest at that. It's like whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really, really cool. See, these are deep topics. (laughs) They're so deep. I have have a difficult question, I think. Okay. Um, Ready. And this kind of... I don't know. I feel like I've talked to Cammie about this before, but the idea of, like, like whitewashing or, like, Mm. the idea of, like, growing up in San Clemente and being black. Yeah. And how, like, having that restorative circle with Lincoln... I don't think the biggest difference between our schools was really the color of our skin. I think it was culture. Like, the culture just seemed different. And I, I want to hear your take on that. Well, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's, it's com- a difficult it's, it topic. It is a difficult topic. Because I don't even know how I feel about it. Like, yeah. on one hand, I'm, like, whitewashing. I'm like, that, like, makes no sense. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, I am me and that's all I am. Like, exactly. Like, I'm black, thank you very much. I'm also Hispanic because my mom's from Spain. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that, okay, like, what do you mean whitewashing? Like, you know? Yeah. And maybe, like, why does why does it have to be whitewashing? Like, you know, it's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Um, But, yeah. It's, I don't know. I don't think, because, like, then it just perpetuates a stereotype. Like, what? That, if this... you talk really formally and stuff that yeah okay you're whitewashed like that makes no sense does that mean that like minorities or like african-americans are like don't have good speech like yeah like, what does the meaning of what is like i don't know yeah that's why i don't really agree with that and i just like to say that i am me and just myself that's what i think it yeah that's what i think it comes down to i think that is like a term rooted in ignorance of what being a white person is 
like that it's rooted in a place of thinking white is superior white is like the formal speaking yeah, or like why is that the norm like why is yeah. it whitewashing and not like blackwashing or like yeah. other like i don't know it's weird yeah yeah i think for especially in asian culture it's most evident of how they hold the white like western culture to a higher regard mm-hmm. especially in places like korea or like vietnam because i've heard i think it was like use the term whitewashing for like some of her friends yeah yeah well oftentimes like especially in like asian countries it's like you want white skin and the darker your skin is the lower your like socioeconomic status is and it's just a lot of perpetuation all over the world and then for me sort of like being an asian in this like white culture i'm gonna admit it i'm completely guilty and that's something i've kind of like realized over this past year especially of how quick i was to like want to be quote-unquote whitewashed Mm. um almost like where i wanted to have this image of like me and all my like sanko many white friends and not wanting to go to irvine (laughs) as weird as it sounds and like hang out with some of my old childhood friends there because they weren't the like whitewashed image that i wanted to be associated with i just think that's a really weird issue that's so deep-rooted that i think can have a really hard um like a really it's gonna be a lot to even address like a change like that just because it's so deeply rooted into the culture but i think it does speak a lot to the standards of like being white how it's like held to a higher regard because it's literally like the more white you look and the more white you act Mm. in asian countries the more you're respected and it's very very evident to see that yeah so i think that brings up like a couple interesting conversations about culture you said your dad's family is french yeah, he's from he was from the French Congo, and then when okay. he was three, he moved to France. So oh, all very my cool. family is there now. Okay, um, so uh, what was you said? Wait, where was my brain? Oh, Cami talked about. Oh yeah, two conversations. One, um, black culture, because that's something I've been like watching videos here and there about this idea of. Um, white people taking black culture without lifting up the black community and this is black american culture so i don't know that's why i asked about your dad because i didn't know how closely knit you were with black american culture Mm -hmm. because your dad's french Mm -hmm. um but i don't know i've seen some interesting videos about how um uh, celebrities and stuff will take on things from black culture like Mm -hmm. a lot of it's common like cool things start in black american culture and then is adapted to kind of the popular culture um with like the like white people in america without here's the problem that they talk about uh what's that word um yeah cultural appropriation appropriation. it's when you take something from a culture without lifting them up Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean so it's the disrespectful taking of a piece of culture Um, I don't know, I think that conversation is interesting because culture is important, whether it's Asian culture, black culture. Mm -hmm. I don't know what Polish culture. culture. Yeah, Yeah. I'm Polish. Yeah, true. But uh, how closely knit do you feel to black American culture? I feel like 
all, like since me and my brother have grown up like in America all our lives, like we we are closely knit to yeah. that, and we identify as African American, and like yeah, I feel like we really live that and own and own up to that, you know? Yeah. Um, and in terms of like, I don't know, but like okay, in terms of cultural appropriation, like and like what like in what you were saying, like I don't I don't like I don't know where I stand on that. I guess. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it's the fact that I live here in St. Clemente. Yeah. And that if I got mad, every time I saw someone wearing cornrows and braids, exactly. I would not get anywhere. Like, I would really, like, I would not. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, why am I going to, like, you know, it's just like so much to be angry about, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, I don't know. Like, I really, I don't know. That's. It's really and difficult. It's like, and then on one hand, because I know my dad thinks that, but like my dad, like, you know, my I don't know. Yeah, so my yeah. dad here already doesn't believe in white privilege yeah. and like, or he doesn't get what it is basically, I think, honestly. But um, he says that, like, and I kind of agree with him, like culture's for everyone. Like, I don't yeah. know, like how could you just say like, oh, this is black. Like also it's a very American thing to do to like separate like yeah. races. Like, I don't know, like why well, is it's weird because culture? Like, you know, like, you know, like white people can be rappers too. Like it's fine. Like, you know, I don't yeah. know. Like Asian people can be rappers too. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's weird. Um, and I don't know. In terms of like hairstyles, like, like yeah. yeah, some of them are culturally like I yeah, some of them are culturally tied to, um, yeah, your, the past and and like all that stuff. But then at some point it's like yeah, as long as you're celebrating, as long as you love it and you're not like disrespecting it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I like have watched a couple videos and sh- she seems very well. The way she talks about it, it is, it is separation, and she's black and she takes like pride and ownership in the fact that she's a part of black culture, black American mm-hmm. culture. Um, but have you heard the term black fishing? No. Okay. So I've watched a couple videos on this. I didn't mm-hmm. know what it was, but it's this idea of celebrities taking on, um, or I don't know. It's already talking about like celebrities who like, like look like try to edit their exactly. Look black. So like Ariana Grande is kind of a simple one. She tries mm-hmm. to make herself look, mixed or like eth- ethnically ambiguous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um when that's not that's what she is yeah <laughs> when you look at like pictures of her on victorious like mm-hmm. she's not um and she's been accused of black fishing or like okay. trying to get mm-hmm. the it's like getting the way that the lady i watched her video of described it it's like trying to get the perks of being black without the you know oppression mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and that's where it becomes problematic yeah no i totally get that i respect that too yeah like, i get i get where people are coming from yeah so that's interesting and yeah. that brings up kami kind of talked about this um with like in asia it's better to have lighter skin but talking about colorism in hollywood i really like like movies and stuff yeah. but the way that even within black communities and mm-hmm. when they're casting black yeah. actors yeah. they're far more likely to cast a lighter skinned black mm-hmm. actor yes. than um like a dark skinned black yeah. actor yeah thoughts on that i well, i think that's a, well thoughts on hollywood and like how they portray minorities in general is so damaging mm-hmm. and perpetuates all these stereotypes and like like in in every aspect like there's just it's so i don't know it's just so annoying like my dad does not like watching movies i talk about him a lot 
lot actually on this podcast. But anyway, he doesn't like watching movies. He's like, no, because like then he just watches them and he gets angry. He's like, okay, why is the black family not rich? Why are they the ones that are homeless? Like you could just flip this around and it would be fine. Yeah. But no, and little fires everywhere. Like it's obviously the like the black woman's the maid. Like great, love that. We've already seen that millions of times. Like I don't know. So yeah. it's like. It just, I think it perpetuates a damaging stereotype that, like, all people, like, all black people, like, aren't successful or can't be successful, like, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. And, um, and, uh, and in terms of, like, black fishing and stuff, like, on, like, on, like, social media, like, yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Just don't do it, I guess. Yeah. Something really interesting is that this, even, like, beyond Hollywood, mm-hmm. these sort of, like, subconscious ideals of, like the western stereotype being almost the most superior is that it can be linked into like children's films Mm -hmm. i did a project on this last year and it became like super evident like patterns like if you go back and watch like disney channel movies like cars is a really good example Mm -hmm. of people who lived in um what's the town they called that mater's from radiator springs Springs. they all have like southern twang accents and then you go up to like the higher up areas where like they're competing and it's like with all the fancy officials they have like british accents oh my goodness so like well that's just like that's a so crazy. that's like a natch that's like a thing like we as americans for some reason our culture sees british accents as sophisticated yeah but it's 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 interesting to see how deeply embedded it is where like yeah almost like i, I don't want to call it like a black accent but it very much was like that southern black mm-hmm. accent was within like the rundown cars mm-hmm. and this is a pattern that we saw in so many other like children childhood like cartoon shows um i have to think of like what else we analyzed i think we even looked at like frozen mm-hmm. where like for some reason the the like the, the trolls people had like these weird accents yeah that were the trolls were yeah the trolls in frozen are like weirdly uh like racially implied i don't mm-hmm. know if that's a term that yeah, and i don't want to say mm-hmm. like disney or like children like childhood shows are like racist but they're definitely you can see it the perpetuates yeah yeah it's just by like going along with these stereotypes mm-hmm. and so because of that it's like as a child you associate this and then you grow up and write movies and make those characters work in that way because Mm -hmm. it's the world you grew up in yeah yeah i think that's how it works i think it's less malicious from Mm -hmm. like creators of those movies yeah there's talk about like um black actresses when they go in for auditions are more than likely to be asked to do it sassier or to do it um, if they're doing like a maid thing to mm-hmm. do it um, a little less formally or with like more of an accent mm-hmm. like to perpetuate those same mm-hmm. stereotypes yeah it's really strange I just, I just think it's so damaging because then like a little kids like watching those movies like cars then you automatically think and like any like even movies where like there's like real like live action where you could just clearly see like again and again like okay the poor family is always the black one is always the minority mm-hmm. like the drug dealer they're gonna be hispanic or black like yeah like can't we just mix it up a bit like you know and like that th- perpetuates a bad like image because when you're young and looking at these movies i didn't realize it when i was younger but wait i almost got to sneeze <laughs> you're good. it's not coming out <laughs> but yeah you don't realize it when you're younger but maybe or maybe you subconsciously just ingrains in your brain like yeah uh, no like Black people generally aren't successful. Maybe they are. Like, you know? And then... You just don't know. <laughs> not only does it 
uh, affect like a, a white child's brain, making them think they're inferior. It also affects a black child's brain, thinking this is all they have for them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then it keeps them. It's this like weird subliminal suppression. It like keeps them down because everything they're told is you can only be the poor black family. You can only be the drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Did you have? Did you struggle to find like? Or did you look for a strong, like, black female role model as a kid, or were you pretty any, anyone? Do you know what I mean? Well, okay. Actually, I, yes. I had Oprah magazines when I was little. There you <laughs> and, like, go. Oprah magazines are for, like, whip, like old women with, like, <laughs> children, and I had the Oprah, like... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it was really funny. I actually do have the Oprah magazines. That's and funny. I would flip through them, you know, Oprah's reading list, and I'd be like, wow, you know, for, like, like moms with gardens. Like, you know, <laughs> weird. Like, it was so funny if I look back at it. That is funny. And, like, I remember when I was younger, I loved Taylor Swift, and my dad's like, Hester, listen to Beyonce. And then I was like, I don't like Beyonce. And then I was like, wait a second. And then I got older. And I'm like, I love Beyonce. And then, <laughs> and then and Beyonce is the first concert I went to with my dad and my really good friend, Ocean. And it was a magical time. Good. And yeah, so honestly, I, I did look for... When I got, I feel as I got older, I got like more aware. I don't know if I got more aware. It just kind of just happened mm-hmm. in a way. Like I don't even know how I got to the Oprah magazines, but I do know because we were doing like this like magazine sale out of school, and we had to pick one. Like, <laughs> Fun, of course. And um, and another thing, I'd have to say like a lot of the series that like as I got older, so this is probably like middle school, like How to Get Away with Murder with uh, with Viola Davis, or is it Viola? Is that her name? I think so. Viola Davis and um and scandal with Carrie Washington like those like literally inspired me to become a lawyer like literally That's awesome. I loved those shows scandal was so good and um yeah so I definitely think I did like as I got older subconsciously subconsciously it's like not even like oh I'm watching this because she's a strong black woman but later mm-hmm. on I'm like it's like so I think it really was subconsciously because it's not like I was looking for one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just I gravitated towards them because maybe I could see myself in them. Yeah. And like they were so powerful and like so cool and what they did and they, and they still like you know it's like they didn't have like you know like they didn't have to be sassy they weren't maids they were yeah. just they had love lives they had affairs with they the were president ra- I was like yeah. <laughs> like you know it was well rounded people it was really funny goals. <laughs> yeah goals <laughs> they were rich yeah it was really, yeah so. <laughs> And I think I think that's yeah. where the importance of representation lies. Yeah. Allowing everyone to see themselves being a successful lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Being and I, I think another importance there is they're not perfect. They're flawed. Like mm-hmm. they're still flawed characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when it comes to like women's representation in media, mm-hmm. there's something yeah. called a Mary Sue, which is basically a character who it's just a female character and it's in response to the women's rights move it, movement um, because people were upset that all women were just um, like wives and just like submissive women. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, we'll just make one woman all powerful and completely perfect and mm-hmm. totally cool. And it's like, that's cool, but women want to see relatable, flawed characters who are powerful and who are empowered and empowering, but who have flaws and are realistic. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting. Um, I had one more thought about. I love movies. Yeah, love could, movies, so movies are really interesting. Yeah, cause yeah. yeah, it's like a weird reflection of culture. Yeah, and they can influence people like. Yeah, 
It really can. Be like Especially children's programming. That was so crazy. I did not know that about yeah, cars Yeah, it's the and same way stuff. like The Lion King. That was another example we used where, um, like, the... Oh, Timon and Pumbaa. They both have, like, these really southern accents. Mm-hmm. And, like, even with, like, the animals within, like, the animal hierarchy, like, the higher up you went... They had like very more English, British sounding accents. Which yeah. Is so weird. And you don't even pick up on it until like you're aware. And I think that's what the importance of having discussions like this is, is maybe finding the opportunity for like change and like what steps to take is going to be really hard just because it is so deeply embedded. Mm-hmm. So starting off with like being aware, but it's just like educating people and like being able to be aware of these subliminal messages that are in movies i think that's what it comes down to it's a culture change and i think i don't know if it's just because i'm finally starting to like it is weird it's like a weird perspective shift because i this is the first time i'm actually getting involved in like the black lives matter movement so to me it feels like oh we're really about to do something um but people have been doing it for years and like i said i didn't see I saw one other person in my grade at the protest yesterday, and I thought it was something that we were all, like... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's complex because coronavirus and yeah, violence and true. people were worried, mm-hmm. but... Uh, yeah, that's true. So many people were posting, but, like, where were all those people? Yeah. Protests. That's so true. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. I think maybe when you're inside of it, it feels like... A, I don't know. That's my fear. I hope it's not true, mm-hmm. but it does feel stronger than it might actually be. I don't know. Hmm. Like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, right, like, I feel like it's, like, Black Lives Matter and a lot of other, like, a lot of other, like, movements that get triggered by, like, something going viral, like that video, Mm -hmm. like, Ahmed Arbery's video, all those, like, I don't know, there's probably other movements that get triggered by something that went viral, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so many people are mad about it. So many people have a lot of emotions about it. I think the problem is, like, like what's gonna happen a month from now? Like you exactly. know, like that's the that's the issue. That's the, the keeping, keeping the awareness, keeping the spotlight still on the issue. You know, yeah. still and saying like, hey, we still need change. Like, okay, I was actually, like, I follow Sean King on uh, Instagram, and I think he was saying like one of the people, like, I forgot exactly, but one of the people like that went like that went viral that they were trying to fight for to get justice for. So they, the policeman got arrested or whatever. And then, and then, okay, um, then all the buzz died down. Mm-hmm. And then now he's not in jail. Mm-hmm. And no one even cares, no one knows. Yeah. And so that's what's not good. Like, the, after the buzz dies down, what happens? We need to yeah. see change. But I don't, like, I don't know. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. The buzz needs to do something besides, like, I don't Be know. Be buzz. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's tricky. So, like, after protesting, how do we keep the ball rolling? I, I know... The goal is get the three officers who, like, helped in um, George Floyd's murder, get them convicted, and get them in jail because mm-hmm. that's where murderers go. Yeah. Um, but how, like, we did our San Clemente protest. Mm-hmm. What do we do now? Because I feel like that is... Yeah, that's the question. And I feel like... I feel like we're taking a good first step. Like, we're talking about it. Yeah. Decompressing, I think, what you're doing with your gift, your camera, Thanks. your videography skills, and your creativity is really important because it's capturing the moment and still talking about it even after it's happened. And mm-hmm. that, that, like, those videos will live forever, you know? Yeah. And so will this podcast. And mm-hmm. 
And like, I don't know. So we just need to keep raising awareness, keep talking about it, and just keep protesting when things like this happen. Yeah. I have a question. Do you think there's big talk about how Gen Z is the most progressive generation? And I think that's true. But I think we also are kind of putting ourselves in this idealistic bubble I think maybe all our friends are more on the progressive side, but I think there's a lot of people that are still not, that still don't believe in the Black Lives, and, and not even like, I mean, I'm not even, because me, like a, six, seven months ago, didn't even really understand Black Lives Matter, and I would hear it, and I was someone who was like, well, all lives matter, because I was like, I, I saw, I saw it as person to person like everyone's life mattered i didn't understand the context of black lives matter being not to bring down other lives but because of the world we live in they're not seen as something that matters mm -hmm. um they're not given value in america mm -hmm. um so the whole point is to lift them up and give them value give them matter is that that's not grammatically correct but <laughs> okay i get what you're saying um I don't know, what are your thoughts on us being the revolutionary generation? I feel like, I, I don't know, I feel very hopeful. Like, I feel like we really are, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like you could definitely also see it in the climate change movement. Like, yeah. that's definitely for friends, Gen Z. Um, and I, it's just very inspiring. Because I feel like we're the first generation that's, like, grown up with social media, you know? Yeah. And now that we're all so interconnected, it's so easy to raise awareness. It's so easy yeah. to make a change, like... I don't know, like like everyone who's been posting on their stories, they're they're taking part. They really yeah. are. They're part of the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful to see. And so I think it's easier maybe for people mm -hmm. to, it's, to be active. It's almost positive peer pressure. Yeah. Do you think that's good? Well, because like, it, well, we already talked about how like the trend thing, and like yeah. that's why I don't think it's a trend. So maybe like I, I just think that it's good. Everyone's yeah. doing it, and they're like. I, I like yes this is bad I have to do something too because everyone's posting let's post I agree yeah you know but then like but then it's like the question is who's gonna take it further who's gonna like, that, yeah. actually go out and do something about it who's gonna change the legislation yeah I don't think I don't think the Black Lives Matter movement is a trend I don't think it's going anywhere I think it's the people I see, I see what you mean. yeah I think it's the people yeah. who because the the core people I think the people who were at the protest yesterday I think they're going to keep fighting, mm -hmm. but I am, I'm just, I'm wondering like for those people that didn't go yesterday, are they going to have another opportunity? I feel like yesterday motivated me, like be, after going beyond my story, like posting on my story, actually being there, it felt so powerful and it invigorated a desire to continue, um, but for people who didn't get that opportunity, mm -hmm. um, are they just going to... Because, I don't know. I know. I don't know either. Because the problem is, I was trying to think about it. Because even when I was writing my speech for the protest, I wanted to make sure I had a course of action. Like, the first half of the speech was all the things that were wrong with the justice system, with police brutality, with all the injustices that are happening. And then the other half was going to be, like, what we're going to do next. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Like, besides, obviously, like, making sure these officers are indicted and they are put in jail and they stay there for a very long time for the crimes that they do. We need to make sure that happens every single time someone's yeah. murdered. Someone's murdered by the police. Like, I don't know. Like, it just... Or, like, obviously, if second and... Like, you know, you know what I mean. But, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. And there's no... Like, I don't know. There's no way to really, like, to really ensure that because it's not videotaped every time. Mm -hmm. Like, you know? 
And and when is the next time that's? I mean, it happens a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. But when are we? I don't know. I I really don't know. Like, when are we gonna have a re motivation? You know what I mean? I feel because I was talking about this yesterday with my uncle because he called me, and he's like, "So, like, why does this keep happening?" He's like, yeah. "He's like, why, like, why aren't these people in jail? Like, they should just be in jail." Yeah. And I and I was like explaining to him how like in the U.S. you can plead self defense if you're a policeman because there's lots of like laws protecting them, like rightfully so, except for like this one, you know? Yeah. Like why, as soon as they plead self defense, killing is okay, like you know? Yeah. Or something along those lines. So maybe it's something that we need to change in the legislation, mm-hmm. and maybe I should like look more in exactly like what the Black Lives Matter movement wants because maybe they they already state exactly like what they want. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's like I think maybe changing the legislation to allow attorneys and lawyers to persecute these people. And making sure that the juries are fair, because I did hear, and I read this book called Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson, and juries mm-hmm. have a big part in like in trials and like if people go to jail or not. And oftentimes, like if a jury's like all white, like you know, even though the crime happened in a predominantly black neighborhood, like why isn't the jury representative of the place that the crime happened? Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that. I don't know. Like we just need to make it more like an equitable trial and. Um, yeah. And that's not happening because they're not being put in jail. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That makes sense. That's interesting. I never thought about the jury part of it because obviously, like, they're the ones making the decision. So whenever I hear, like, there's a problem with the justice system, my brain goes to laws. But, and when I hear, when I hear that, um, like, the black guy versus white guy Mm -hmm. with the weed thing, Mm -hmm. um, that usually has a lot to do with the jury mm-hmm. um yeah and like how often okay, they're convicted i was reading this book this other book and this is called talking to strangers by malcolm gladwell i think and he was saying he was saying how most of the time if judges don't see the person and like they just look at the facts they will like say guilty like if they had to say guilty and not guilty they they're right most of the time like you know mm-hmm. whether or not they did commit the crime or not uh-huh. And if they do see the person, they're swayed by what they look like. If they're wearing a hijab, if they can't really see their face, yeah. if they're black, they have tattoos, all these things. They're a mother, they have kids. Yeah. Like, you know, we're all humans. Like, oh, I don't know, that was really interesting. It was just yeah. a book, and that was, like, explaining lots of other things. It's a really good book, though. A, uh, like, so, yeah. literary example of that is, like, 12 Angry Men. So it's, like, 12 jurors um, deciding the fate of a... Um, a boy, and it, and at the time it was written, only men could be jurors, so it was entirely, like, the whole, it was written as a play, it was all written for white people, um, but it was this, uh, like, white teen who had allegedly murdered his father, and they kind of lived in, like, a sketchy area, and so they were like, well, their instant response is like, well, the boy's obviously guilty, he would, he seems like a hooligan, he's just this young boy, he's a hooligan, he's got a knife, he's like, they kind of go off these stereotypes, and they build their own image around it, and then there's one juror who kind of pushes that away, he's like, actually, no, let's take those stereotypes away, and obviously it's a lot less, um, intense a lot less dramatic because it's like there's no race involved in it Mm -hmm. um but it is interesting to see that kind of reflected in the reality yeah the way that uh looks and stereotypes play into the jury's decision Mm -hmm. i wonder if like like do they have to see the defendant 
Well, I'm just no. I know they have to like now. Like, but like, why? Why do they need to? That's a good question. Does that seem? I know that's a good. That's a good question. Well, because it's in a courthouse. Like, I don't know. Everyone's sitting there. I don't know. Yeah. It is interesting. Cause it's. Yeah. It's kind of bizarre that the defendant's just like there. Especially if they're not talking. They're just, like, in the room. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Any Anything, finally, that... I feel like we hit on a lot yeah, of different we, stuff. this was good. This was really fun yeah. and really good. I, I like these conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cam, we had such good additions, too. Like, I know. So good. I hope I can include it here, but yeah. we had a third person speaking, so hopefully <laughs> I can add that. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. What are your final things well I think that I feel like the first step to change is like awareness and Mm -hmm. talking about it and I think we're I think we're doing a great first step Mm -hmm. like anyone who listens to this podcast will like maybe they haven't talked about these things or even like Mm -hmm. realize any of these things Cammie said a few things I didn't even know you said like you know we were all learning from each other just learning and growing together as one is super important and like through this through like through awareness social media, everything, like, you can, I think, really make change. Yeah. And this is the first step. Yeah, I think that conversations like these are important. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to, because the whole, like, whitewashing thing, Mm -hmm. I think, like, after this conversation, I think that's kind of an icky term. Yeah. I never really, like, thought about it. I didn't really use it, but... Some people told me I'm whitewashed, and I just... I'm yeah, like, no thanks. Like, I'm, I'm just a like, me. Like you know, it's like I don't really like like when people say that. I'm like, what does that mean? Like I'm like, what? Yeah. So or like you act white and that I was like, excuse me, I'm black. Like thank you very much. Yeah. And some girl told me that I was like, oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, interesting, good conversations. I think that's important right now. Um, I think it's gonna be I don't know something confusing for me is like my next podcast isn't planning on being about the Black Lives Matter movement and is that I know it's all good you know that's like a weird it's weird to go back to like normal life do you know what I mean well this could be normal life like you know it's not like it's I feel like this was just maybe a deeper podcast yeah because like obviously like I don't have these conversations every day with people yeah well that would get exhausting yeah true and it'd also be kind of fun like I'd yeah be, but that's true it would be <laughs> that's true yeah. it would be but like you know you, you don't and so the next podcast doesn't have to be about black lives yeah. matter it could be about the trees i guess i guess are. it is one of those things where it, it's something that becomes a part of you but you don't have to you don't have to say it all the time if it's a part of you it's going to show itself kind of thing mm-hmm. um and i feel like whenever you see something like maybe a month from now it'll like it'll be like the, the toll road or something in mm-hmm. San Clemente. That was a big deal. You can yeah. make a podcast on that. Like whenever something comes up and you feel inspired, you know? Yeah. You get invigorated to say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know. There's kind of this idea of like a revolution right now. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. It's weird. It's a weird time. We're living... We are part of the revolution. Oh my gosh. It's so, so weird. exciting. I saw this TikTok the other day that was, like, that was like, I'm sick of living through historically important events. Because <laughs> it's like That's coronavirus. Funny. That's funny. Um, all these things happening. And uh, I really do... I don't know. I want to be optimistic that like something legitimate is going to happen. Yeah. I think that's all you can do 
right now is be optimistic yeah um keep fighting for what's right and using our voice true and vote and vote yeah Yeah. i turn 18 in january that's so exciting that's for podcasters too if you are 16 years or older you can register to vote Mm -hmm. once you're 18 um yeah be bold stay safe that's Mm -hmm. kind of my slogan right now be bold stay safe i like that um do things thank you esther thank you for having me i'm like so glad that this happened i'm so glad that we were able to do this i feel like it was productive very good i'll give you a fist bump Yay. <laughs> we just fist bumped um yeah the end nice do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media that's what they always do on podcasts really? okay yeah. well you can find me on social media it's esther mafuta on instagram e-s-t-h-e-r-m-a-f-o-u-t-a and i actually have a blog it's called atayatalks.weebly.com wow so wait what's that, that about real quick well Honestly, it's all started in quarantine when I had uh-huh. nothing to do, and um, and Lutaya is my middle name, so it's Taya. But it just like I just write like blog posts on like what I'm feeling, like not what I'm feeling, but like current like social issues or like yeah. opinions. Like I talk about my last names. Um, yeah, I talk about um, I talked about COVID nineteen <laughs> yeah. and different things, and so I don't know. Check it out. Very cool. It's so exciting. I love people doing stuff, creating stuff, being productive. It's very fun. Okay, goodbye. See you later, podcast. (laughs) Okay.